Hey y'all, welcome to the Roots of Change podcast. I'm Sam Chavez, founder of the Roots of Change Agency and Curious Human. Here, we connect with people who are boldly creating change in today's social, political, tech, and media landscapes. We also have a newsletter where we get to the roots of how to cultivate social change. Find us and subscribe at rootschangemedia.com. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is Sam from Roots of Change. I am back uh, this Thursday at the Roots of Change newsletter with Emily Mitnick. How's it going? Hey, I kind of wanted to pick up back where we left off. Um, so I guess like going back to the yes and the no in the body, mm-hmm. like how do we begin to find ourselves back in our body and start to see the yes and the no like in this world where we're not being asked mm-hmm. if we're not trained to do that and when um it's like frankly like shamed to do that yeah so this brings us back to what i proposed mm-hmm. for practice this week, something for y'all to consider and to chew on, as we like to say. Um, And what I had proposed was slowing down. And that is the very, very first requirement for noticing. If we are moving really, really quickly, we end up operating reactively Mm -hmm. rather than proactively. And so slowing down, which can also be a really big challenge for us, is step number one. So can I pause there and just, you know, we haven't explicitly said this, but we talk about how society encourages us not to slow down, but, um, you know, in a white supremacist society, we are encouraged to react quickly. Urgency is really key um, because it doesn't allow us to process. It, it gives us that like immediacy, that like animal instinct brain Mm -hmm. response that Mm -hmm. actually isn't tapping into our truest Mm -hmm. selves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I'm feeling called to name my privilege right now um because rest is our birthright but in our society it is made to be a privilege so I want to name that slowing down in the dream, the dream of slowing down, my dream of slowing down is that we have days on end of rest. Mm -hmm. We can choose when we rest. And I want to acknowledge that that's not a possibility for most people in the world. What I am suggesting here, when I talk about slowing down, I believe that we can do that in micro ways. We don't need to have days on end. We don't need to have hours on end. Slowing down is a mindset that we can step into Mm -hmm. where Sam, like you said, we can release a sense of 
urgency. Yeah. Even if it's for, even if it's for a moment Mm -hmm. and a lot can be done in a moment. It's a really powerful thing to be able to recognize I'm going to choose this in this moment Mm -hmm. and it might be brief, but I have this moment yeah. and this moment is mine belongs to me. Yeah. I really appreciate um, saying that and just acknowledging the privilege of time and money and skin color um, and, mm-hmm. and other privileges and just the idea that we can do this work in our everyday life like in these micro moments, I mm-hmm. think is so crucial um, because we talk about activism and and in ways like activism, the way that people define activism as like, I can go to protest, I get to go to mm-hmm. these organizing events. That is a privilege because mm-hmm. that is the privilege of having time or having the monetary support mm-hmm. or you're a nonprofit worker who's really not getting paid enough and you're not, and you're losing time mm-hmm. uh, from that. And so I think it's just important for us to recognize like how much our activism can be in our everyday micro moments and not as this rah-rah like Mm -hmm. gonna have my like pink hat on 2020 caricature of what an activist should be um Mm -hmm. yeah I'm not I'm not sure if you have anything else to add there no I think you captured it there's a role for for everyone in the revolution (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um, going to your role, <laughs> um, I guess like, yeah, going back into like the continuing on to the next stage of like, you're, you're slowing down mm-hmm. and then you start to notice things and talk to us about what that stage is and how that, how you should kind of approach that. Yeah. I don't want to bring in any shoulds because there are so many ways to do this and I am proposing a single way to do it in this moment. <laughs> and um, so I invite I invite anybody who is interested in noticing, another word for noticing is paying attention, being mindful, observing, to do it in a way that... Uh, calls to you. Mm -hmm. So I think there's the slowing down, like we talked about, and then there is this intentionality. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge, huge piece. We're not just noticing because something is in our face Mm -hmm. or right in front of us. We are noticing because we are intending to notice. So when we slow down, there's a remembering to notice that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. I often invite folks to use post-it notes, uh, calendar reminders, phone alarms, bracelets, whatever. So that when you see this thing, it catalyzes the intentionality Mm -hmm. of the practice of noticing. So there's a word practice. Noticing and paying attention is a practice. It's something that we have to do again and again and again and come back to. Mm -hmm. It's a muscle 
and we have to exercise the muscles to keep it mm. right just like yeah. we would if we go to the gym and lift or going on runs if we stop doing that the the muscles atrophy mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean the practice isn't going to be there waiting for us but it does mean that we're going to have to continue putting in the work so it's a lifetime lifetime commitment yeah so we set our intention to practice noticing mm-hmm. and I believe what I proposed last week was paying attention to what was happening in the body. I think though, paying attention to what's happening in the body comes more easily to some Mm -hmm. than it does for others, depending on a whole variety of factors, one of which might be how we, what kind of relationship we have with our body, whether it has historically felt safe to pay attention to what's happening in our body or not. So depending on who you are and how it feels, uh, we can pay attention to different zones. And I love to share with folks the zones of awareness, which comes from the Gestalt therapy tradition, which is a mindfulness-based therapy. Mm. So we have our inner zone, which is comprised of our physical sensation. So that's feelings in the body, like physical sensations in the body, tingling, gurgling, numbness. Uh, We can notice like where we feel energy in the body. Like you were like, I'm feeling settled. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also in our inner zone is our emotional body. So how we are feeling emotionally, sad, happy, regretful, frustrated, blissful, peaceful, you know? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So paying attention there. And the middle, the inner zone can be a challenging zone. Yeah. So we also have, luckily, the middle zone, (laughs) which is the home of our mental processes and thoughts. And we can observe them without getting on the narrative train Mm -hmm. and telling stories, right, about... You want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So what I often ask people to notice is the quantity and quality of their thoughts. Mm -hmm. Are there, if we think of our thoughts like clouds, are they passing through quickly Mm -hmm. slowly are they packed and dense are they sparse Mm. um yeah are they storm clouds and thundery or are they like breezy spring clouds so yeah we're we're thinking about quantity, quality, is our mind racing? Is it slow and calm? These are the kinds of things that we are paying attention to in our middle zone. And then finally, we have our outer zone, which is everything that we perceive through our senses. Tastes in our mouth at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever our fingers are touching, or like, for example, can we feel our clothing on our skin? Mm -hmm. Um, What do we hear? What do we see if our eyes are open? Mm -hmm. And so... The full exercise builds the capacity to toggle among 
these three zones. However, when we're just getting started, we can start with one to two minutes a day going to one zone. Mm, okay. Going to one zone. Um, yeah. I mean, I, what's interesting, I just in my own experience of like coming back into body, I'm feeling like before then I had a hard time. I wouldn't be able to differentiate between those three zones. Mm. Like feeling would be feeling mm -hmm. and like the idea of even noticing how clothes sit on my body mm -hmm. would not have been something that I would have even mm. considered or thought about so it's that's interesting to think about like okay how do we like you begin to unpack and untether these pieces yeah awareness is in this tradition made up of multiple parts. Hmm. Yeah, which also highlights the complexity of awareness. We build awareness, not simply for the sake of building awareness, but because ultimately our goal is to develop agency mm -hmm. and when we look at agency a huge component of agency if not the whole concept of agency is about having choice mm. and power over choice that's right. what agency is yeah. right mm -hmm. yeah and so in developing awareness what ends up happening is we notice, I'm going back to somatics now, and if you weren't listening to our last conversation, somatics simply means of the body. So when we're doing body-oriented work, when we are developing somatic body-oriented mm -hmm. awareness, again, we're doing that because our body holds a treasure trove of information because it's our first source of language. Mm -hmm. And ultimately when we notice sensations in the body and we begin to pay attention and we come back again and again and again to paying attention mm. we also start to notice then oh i'm having this sensation and i'm having this emotional experience mm -hmm. oh might the two be connected yeah mm -hmm. hmm. yeah and we can ultimately connect these dots and better understand like, oh, what is happening for me out here, mm. right? What is, the, what is the stimulus that yeah. is happening out here that is triggering this body response that is then triggering this emotional feeling mm. that is then triggering this thought that is then triggering this action. <laughs> Wow, if we have awareness about around those things, we can have choice. Mm -hmm. So we, and this is why the slowing down piece is essential because this all happens yeah. in a split second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to bring it like crashing into reality, but <laughs> <laughs> I... I like I'm looking at my grandmother's hands and we talked about this on the last podcast and I can't help but just think about that 
book because it talks about the body and what generations of trauma has done to the body. And they specifically talk about police officers and how the trauma and the way that our system works is so traumatic for the officer, not to mention the black and brown people that are being impacted by the traumas of policing in America, that person's body is just completely wrecked. And they are, they don't know how because they're reacting in the moment because they haven't done that body work mm -hmm. and police and our society again does not ask us to do that mm -hmm. um and I think you know we talked about violence last week I think that is violence obviously to the people that policing impacts but it's violence to the police men and women that mm -hmm. are in officers officers thank you I was like well <laughs> um the police officers and and that is just devastating to know that every circle everyone in that incident is being impacted by the traumas of our body because we've been disconnected from our bodies mm -hmm. and so that is like the most real world example that you can think of is why do these officers, why are they reacting that way in that high of numbers mm -hmm. towards black and brown bodies? And I think we can understand that as we understand how white supremacy has disconnected us and told us that reacting with violence in that moment is what we need. Yeah. And that is the soapbox that I am on right now. <laughs> yeah, I I think that was a great example, a great crash into reality. And I think we need those crashes into reality because this work can feel abstract yeah. until it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think that... That abstraction is actually harmful. Yes, there is there is harm in the abstraction of these somatic practices. And if we don't know how to bring them down to earth, if we can only talk about them, they're no good to us. Yeah. That's sort of the whole the whole problem we're seeking to address in the first place. Yeah. So well, and I, I would just say that that is by design. Um, we know that. You know, I, I speak a lot about the United States, but this is like also global, but specifically our healthcare system is horrible in the United States. And that was a project by the Republican Party and conservative people to dismantle mental health services. And so when we don't have the resources and we don't have like systemic support, it makes it harder for us to find the resources that we need. And I know that there's like amazing people out there that are sharing those resources and it's growing in a movement. And I'm really heartened to see that. But I think that's something that people should be aware of so that they don't feel like this is falling on them, that they are failing because, you know, doing the work 
is a sign that you are not failing. It's a sign that you are wanting to grow mm-hmm. and it's okay if you don't have the resources because our society is not designed to have those resources. And that still doesn't mean that you can't do the work because the work isn't something that happens only within a therapist's office. Mm -hmm. And that is, we'll talk about that in future conversations. Yeah. But this work is available to all of us if we are aware of it, if we talk to our friends and our family about it. It is here. It mm-hmm. it it requires having attention and being intentional about where we we focus our attention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really awesome place to land. Um, I'm curious if you want to bring anything else into the space um, as we kind of start to wrap up the conversation. I think this is a great place to land. And in terms of things to carry with you into the week, I have a beautiful book recommendation, The Wisdom of Your Body by Hilary McBride. I found that to be a really well-researched book that felt accessible and it wasn't in academic super heady academic language I felt like she did an excellent job of bringing concepts down to earth Mm -hmm. um so I would recommend that book and I would also invite what I did last week which was Finding a moment or two to slow down and to pick one of the zones to pay attention to set a timer for 60 seconds to 10 minutes, depending on what you have available to you and pay attention and see what you notice. And if you find yourself drifting, that's also completely normal and okay. And just invite yourself back the practice is always there waiting it's a faithful friend i love that (laughs) thanks sam yeah thanks so much Uh, we'll be back again just to talk about this um and talk about repair so all right thanks everyone and that's a wrap on this week's the roots of change podcast this episode was produced by the roots of change agency and did you know Production and outreach support by Britt Holmes and Brian Wolf. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are a 100% listener-supported newsletter and podcast. If you like what you heard, consider giving us a follow, subscribing to our newsletter, or donating to support our work. The Roots of Change Agency was founded to support organizations, campaigns, and activists to avoid burnout and tell empathetic stories to cultivate connections that empower social change. Until next time.